0: On the Block, On Demand! Hey, you hear that? Do you hear that? What is that? What is that? Yeah, what is that? What is it? The holder, Riley Dixon, and the kicker, Cole Murphy. Spot is down. The kick by Murphy is up and in. And orange uniforms pour out onto the field. Give me real. Without Jerry McNamara, we wouldn't won 10 games this year. Tiramina steps up, he shoots, he scores! Syracuse wins 2-1 to one. You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy The Bills make me wanna Nobody circles the wagon like the Buffalo Bills Here is your host I have a bad feeling about the Grand tax. Welcome back, welcome aboard Either way, we are glad you're along for the ride, kids You're on the block ESPN Radio but yes, we too have already eaten all of our ha- Halloween candy. 437-7644, Brentax Media on Twitter. The text line is 2880644. If you want to participate, we're going to hear from the head coach every Thursday. Dino Babers hops on board, talks some Syracuse football with us starting next Thursday. We'll add Jim Beheim to the list. He'll join us to discuss all things Syracuse basketball. We got us a football game tonight. We've got the Buffalo Bills trying to reclaim first place in the American Football East Conference against the fellow American Football East Conference team, the Jets. We will discuss that this hour. Jets have lost three in a row. Uh, must win for them, certainly, to stay in any kind of conversation in the division, which nobody really expected them to, but they've certainly been better than a team that was going to tank for the first pick. Bills win, they go 6-2, and two, and that'd be the first time they started that well since 1993, their last Super Bowl run. That on the way, we'll talk some Syracuse basketball momentarily, but there is some breaking NFL news to tell you about. According to Ian Rappaport, NFL Network, Houston Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson has tore an ACL in practice, a non-contact injury, an MRI is slated uh, to confirm that injury, but he could be done for the year. Another big name drops in the National Football League. Now add him just to the quarterback list. We found out earlier today something that was not a surprise, but became official. Andrew Luck was placed on injured reserve with a you know shoulder injury and arm injury that. Could affect his career going forward. He was shut down officially. I mean, I think we all knew that was coming. The Colts held off as long as they could. But that was made official. Deshaun Watson, though, came out of nowhere. Injury at practice. I mean, Deshaun Watson had 16 touchdowns last month. He had one of the greatest months an NFL quarterback has ever had. Not just a rookie. Any quarterback has had. He had one of the great months any player has had. And, You know, here you have the Houston Astros win the World Series last night. Now they kind of shift over to the Texans. They've got this great young quarterback, and he's done. And Aaron Rodgers got hurt earlier this year. That's just quarterbacks. Look at the list of stars or big names that have dropped in the NFL. Look, we all understand the National Football League. Injuries happen. Players get hurt. It's just part of the process. But... You want to discuss why ratings are down? There's a number of reasons why. We can talk anthem protests till we're blue in the face, and I saw a stat today that if you look at Week 8, Week 8, 2015, versus Week 8 that just passed in the NFL, ratings are down 25% from that Week 8. Now, I'd like to go back and look at that Week 8 and see what games there were versus this week, but... You know another reason NFL ratings are dipping? Because there's no stars out there. People that are marginal fans, that are fantasy football fans, that aren't hardcore football fans, they watch players. How many people are Green Bay Packer fans because of Aaron Rodgers? He's out. Now add him to this list. Andrew Luck, Deshaun Watson, David Johnson, Dalvin Cook, Odell Beckham Jr., J.J. Watt, a few that I forgot there, but these are all... Big name commercial, and I mean that literally commercial stars, guys you see in the commercials, the front facing players in the NFL that have all been injured and are now out for the season. And Deshaun Watson could be added to that list. Again, Ian Rappaport is reporting that he tore an ACL at practice and uh, certainly doesn't sound like good news for the Texans there. Ah, you hate to hear that. That's part of football, but you got to put that into the conversation about ratings and interest and. Where the NFL's at, you gotta avoid, You know, half the NFL's just, you know, survival of the fittest in terms of who's the fittest, who avoids the injury bug. We'll get into that Bills and Jets game coming up here, and the very simple reason why the Bills have gone off to their 5-2 and start could make it 6-2 and tonight against the Jets But a few more thoughts on uh, Syracuse basketball. We discussed it a bit last hour, and it's it's one game, it's one exhibition, it's November 2nd, so nobody's making any sweeping judgments here, but you can get some first impressions on what you see. And what we saw was a team that has a lot of work to do, which every team, no matter how much talent is on it, would have to do at this point, but there's a lot of new phases out there. So the half-court sets are going to take some work, but the biggest thing that I took away from last night amongst, you know, okay, you get 12 blocks in a game, you got to look at the opponent, you've got to take that into consideration. But if Pascal Chukwu and Barama Sadaimi can provide that kind of presence in the zone defense, and you throw a Dolzai in there, who uh, my man's got to hit the weight room, I think we all know that, but he had five steals, he's quick. We'll play some kind of role on this team. And I looked at a team that pressed a little bit more, that forced 15 turnovers. And, you know, we saw Howard Washington for the first time. We saw Matthew Moyer, really, for the first time. So we're getting used to these new guys. But how could you not walk away from that game last night with the biggest thing on your mind being, okay, O'Shea Brissett's a player. If you go by look test, first impressions, and certainly he's got to develop and he's got to go through everything any freshman would have to, any new player would have to, but hard not to come away impressed with, he can shoot the ball. And Syracuse needs another shooter. Syracuse is coming off a year where Andrew White, albeit on kind of a temporary, you know, pass, if you will, right? Fifth-year player, you know, he's only around for a year, but he made the most of any one-year player. It's not the one-and-done in the traditional sense. It's the one-and-done we know about. He set the three-point record last year. There was always a looming threat. Even though Syracuse went 19-15, and didn't make the tournament, but he was always sitting over there ready to bury some threes. Syracuse has to find a couple of players that fit that description this year. Tyus Battle's got an all-around game. He can shoot the three, but you need that main threat to step back and shoot it. And O'Shea Brissett is showing that not only is, you know, he's a 6'8 player, he can slash, he's athletic, he can get to the basket. I was really impressed about, and, and Donna Donna DeTota, pardon me, our friend from Syracuse.com, pointed this out about, look, I understand who the opponent was last night, but he was really smart how he rebounded the ball, anticipating where the ball is going to go. He's 19 years old, so he's a little bit older than your typical freshman, a little bit older than your typical young player. And you can see the basketball smarts there and where he was going and why he was going there. He actually talked about that a bit after the game last night. Uh, It's something that I try to pride myself on. You know, I want to average double-digit rebounds because I know that will help us day in and day out, offensively or defensively. You know, offensively, you get it, you go right back up. Defensively, you get it, give it to the guards, you run out, get easy points. So, um, you know, it's something that Coach harps on every day. You know, he tells me I need to be a good rebounder, so that's what I'm trying to do. You know, rebounding can be kind of an art form. You know, half of rebounding is just desire. It's just you want the ball more than the other guy. But there's a strategy to rebounding. There is, you know, anticipating where it's going to come off the rim and positioning, anticipating shots. That's half the battle. I mean, Dennis Rodman was one of the great rebounders in history just because that guy would want the ball more than anything. He'd knock your mother over to get that ball but he's also smart about where to be and how to do it. Mix the physicality with, you know, anticipating and knowing how the ball comes off the rim. And another thing about rebounding you can't teach is that desire to want to do it, right? And that's a good sign. If you've got a couple of players, namely an incoming player like this, who's got some offensive skills, but as you heard him say, I kind of pride myself on that knows that, There's opportunities there if you can be, you know, a great rebounder. So that was an encouraging sign. And that's the guy I came away with the most impressed with last night. As you heard on TK99 and ESPN Radio AM 1200. Rebound by Howard. Outlets near sideline. Brissett ahead of the pack and hammers it home. O'Shea Brissett can get up in a hurry. It's 47-24. That's our boy Brian Higgins on the call. Matt Park was on the call on the ACC Network Extra, so we had Higgo doing the radio call last night on uh, Brostad, TK99, and right here on ESPN Radio, AM 1200. So a lot of first impressions, a lot of work to be done, a lot of things that this team has to work on. And as Jim Beheim said last night, he's got some young guys that will contribute but have work to do. Well, they're going to have – everybody's going to have – we don't have one or two guys. Everybody has to contribute. And uh, they're good players. Young players are good players and, you know – they were overplayed over here. They'd been rated, and everybody'd be happy. Think we were good, but it's all right. They're a good players. Got some diamonds in the rough there, and what Jim's referring to there is some kind of some recruiting ratings and you know, O'Shea Brissett and Howard Washington Jr. Specifically, they didn't kind of go through that traditional recruiting measurement. Here is uh, a new face that we knew. But we're seeing for the first time, because he sat out last year, and Matthew Moyer, we were discussing rebounding a bit earlier here. Here's what he had to say about that. Yeah, you know, um, I think i you know, I got to make a few more shots here and there, but I think, you know, rebounding is something I can do consistently every single game, and I know I can bring that to the table every single time and effort, you know, th- the things that nobody sees and um, just making plays. Frank Howard here on He Knows Whose Team This Is. You know, uh, at the end of the day, it's on us. You know, you can see that in the first half, you know, when we aren't having things going or we haven't make dumb plays or bad plays we, that could turn the game around. You know what I mean. So we just got to make smarter plays, and watch well, save me. You know what I mean. Make better plays, control the game better. But you know that's okay. Us would be uh Tyus Battle and Frank Howard in that backcourt. But another uh, new member of the backcourt you did not see Geno Thorpe last night as he continues to sit with an ankle injury, and that was a little bit of a concern. It wasn't one of those they're holding him out for precautionary reasons. Jim Beheim pretty up front saying, we're holding him out because he can't play right now. That ankle injury is not healing, and he's not able to go. So we'll see how that pans out here. But Howard Washington got an opportunity to show what he can do for the first time, and maybe there's another player there that can stick the three. Battle. Swings right, Washington. Rhythm three, pure. First three for Howard. It's 70-28. to 28. That again. That again. Brian Higgins on the call on the Syracuse IMG network Prostat TK 99 and here on ESPN radio AM 1200 as well. Here's Tyus battle on, you know, these exhibition games. Sometimes you just want to get through them. You've got a veteran-laden, talented team, but you know, they're a little more important when you've got a lot of new faces out there. It's the first time we get to really use our offense, our defense against another team and other coaches and players. So, uh, And it's a good time for the younger guys to just settle in and get used to the fans being out there. It's just a different atmosphere for them for the first time playing college basketball, so it's a good good opportunity. 437-7644, if you want to join the conversation, we're going to switch gears to football coming up. Dino Babers a little bit later on this hour, but next, Thursday Night Football. AFC East Beth. Yeah, you know it bills and the jets they're, look why are the bills good why are they five and two despite injuries and well you know they're the bills The very simple answer to this question if they can keep this up they will end a 17-year playoff drought because this is the biggest key to success in the national football league we'll talk about it next don't go anywhere you're on the block espn radio This is On the Block with Brent Axe. This show was not built on rock and roll, but it should be, right? Welcome back. You're On the Block, ESPN Radio, but the voice man uh, should have told you that. You're heading to our Ric Flair 30 for 30 tonight. Did you win your way in? It is a win your way in event. So if you're coming tonight, have your best woo ready to go. We're looking forward to it. We're, we're having fun doing this. We did uh, Mike and the Mad Dog. We're going to do Ric Flair tonight. Uh, not every event we do will be a movie premiere, but it's kind of something different, something cool to do. We're thinking of some other things we can get together and do with the people, but uh, we're looking forward to seeing you tonight, downtown Syracuse at the Red House. And again, you had to win your way in, so if you did not call and win, then too bad. You out, baby. You on the outside looking in. We'll be doing some uh, more fun stuff like this in the future. So uh, next time, next time, when I tell you to call, call. Don't be that guy that doesn't call. Be the guy that calls and wins. And we'll be there tonight having a good time with us. Right now, hit me with that fancy open. Let's hot take that thing. We've got a hot one for you. Oh, you're hot. Why, thank you. So are you. And I'm not afraid to cry. So hot. So hot and hot. And it's hot how hot is it it's so hot i poured mcdonald's coffee in my lap to cool off <laughs> it's time for hot takes on the block something went right for the cleveland browns well kind of you heard the uh, story of josh gordon suspended Comes back suspended, comes back. Uh, Gordon, who has not played in a National Football League game since December 21st of 2014, had been suspended indefinitely since September of 2016 without pay for multiple violations of the NFL's substance abuse policy, who has now been conditionally reinstated to the National Football League, as the NFL announced yesterday, subject to compliance with clinical and other requirements, he will be placed on the commissioner's exempt list and be permitted to practice with the team beginning November 20th, beginning on November the 27th, Gordon will be eligible at the team's discretion to return to active status or to remain on the commissioner's exempt list for an additional week before returning to active status. So let me get this straight. The guy we all thought was out of the league indefinitely who has failed multiple substance abuse tests, but has certainly one of the most talented players on that roster, in theory, is coming back. But the Browns couldn't get some paperwork in on time yesterday to trade for the position they really need. Not that A.J. McCarron's going to come in and save the day, but he's a lot better than what you got now. These things just happen in Cleveland. I had forgotten Josh Gordon was a thing, and then the news came down that he was reinstated. And I'm like, so we can bring him back, but we can't get A.J. McCarron how far is it from Cincinnati to Cleveland? It's like an hour drive, right? Hour and a half, I don't know. I'm, I'm totally guessing. But we, but we can bring a guy back who we all forgot about hasn't played in the league in the last three years. That's hot. You're Cleveland Browns, ladies and gentlemen. If you are a, 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 a... What's the term I'm looking for? Pack rat, right? Hoarder, right? If you're a hoarder, it might pay off for you. If you are somebody who saves magazines... And I don't know why people do this. I know some have value, but first of all, we live in an era where magazines are becoming more and more irrelevant. I still do, though, read Sports Illustrated cover to cover every week. I'm still that guy. I'm still old school. I realize how outdated it can be. It's no longer the magazine it was, but there's still some really good writers at SI that, you know, Lee Jenkins and people that put really good stuff in the magazine, which, of course, inevitably makes its way online. But I think Sports Illustrated, it's just part of my childhood. I remember just coming home from school on Thursdays, and I'd go to the mailbox, and there it would be, especially on those days when the swimsuit issue came because I had to get there before mom got it and hit it on me, right? So I'm still old school like that. My mother-in-law still gets me Sports Illustrated every year for my birthday, and I love getting it. I love getting my Sports Illustrated. I still get excited about it. I know. I'm just old school that way. I, however, did not save the Sports Illustrated from three years ago. Boy, am I wishing I did. So you'll recall a cover of Sports Illustrated, June 30th, 2014, proclaimed that the Houston Astros would win the World Series in 2017. On the cover of that Sports Illustrated was George Springer, who was just named the MVP of the World Series. So if you are a pack rat, a hoarder, somebody that, for irrational reasons, hangs on to magazines, go find that old Sports Illustrated because it is going on eBay for as much as $1,025. The average price, if you have that, is $280. Sports Illustrated does not reprint issues. It does sell 11 by 14 reprints of covers, so you can still get... The cover for twenty bucks, if you want it. Uh, Fanatics, which is a merchandise website, is selling a print of the cover signed by George Springer for two hundred and thirty dollars. But if you've got the actual full copy of the magazine still lying around, you want to throw that baby on eBay? You just made a thousand bucks. Maybe. I mean, we'll see. You know, I'm I'm not an eBay guy, but I kind of know how eBay works. Either way, how good is that gonna feel? To come home, grab that magazine, put it down, and your wife's going to be like, why is there a three-year-old copy of Sports Illustrated on the table? And you're going to say, because that's a $1,000. And you say, I shouldn't keep all these magazines. That's hot. I, I should throw them out, put them in the recycling bin. Mine usually have a two, three-week rotation, and then my wife says, okay, let's go, recycling bin. Somewhere in a landfill, is my June 30th, 2014 Sports Illustrated worth $1,000. Are you familiar with the beer mile? I thought this was a fun story. So here's what the beer mile is. You run a lap, chug a beer, avoid vomiting, while running as fast as you can. The guy is drunk. So, Saturday night in San Francisco, uh, Corey Bellamore of Windsor, Ontario broke the world record for the beer mile, completing the ordeal in four minutes 33 seconds, breaking a previous world record, also held by Corey Bellamore, of four minutes 35 seconds, in which he set in the United Kingdom in July of 2016. The Canadians' time is so fast that it comes close to rivaling the record that once stood for running a beer-less mile. In the 1850s, Englishman Thomas Horspool briefly claimed the title of world's fastest mile runner with a time of 4 minutes 29 seconds. This guy runs a lap, chugs a beer, doesn't throw up, and almost broke that record. Now this is something I can do. I am not a runner. I should be a runner. My wife and my daughter are becoming runners and they're running in 5Ks and I'm just kind of standing there like, "Hey, see you later." Going to a 5K is an interesting thing as a spectator because you go to the starting point and it's great cuz everybody's excited and you cheer them on, you take pictures and there they go and then and then they're, they're then they're gone for like 20, 25 minutes depending on how fast they run. They're like, "Okay, I'll I'll get a cup of coffee or something, and you know usually you see people like the same running people there, and, but then you you don't know when they're going to come back, so you kind of you got somewhat of an idea of how fast they're going to run. But my wife and daughter did one at Green Lakes on Sunday, you know when it was raining and forty degrees out, and I'm just standing there with my umbrella, and then you start feeling guilty like maybe I should be doing this. But anyway, I'm just getting into a whole different thing here. I can do this. I don't want to run a five k in the rain. But I will do this. I think I found my sport, guys. Run a lap, chug a beer, avoid vomiting while running as fast as possible. The guy is drunk. I can do this. I can do this. That's hot. There's going to be all sorts of liability and and stuff like that. I was about to say, can we have an official on-the-block beer mile? But by all sorts, Mr. Krabs would probably step right in and say, yeah, we're not going to do that one. But that's something I could do. That's something that Josh and I can combine on from the show. And, of course, the Daniel Baldwin Show. Weekdays 3 to 4 right here on ESPN Radio Syracuse. That's sports host Josh Grossman. Uh, How worried should we be about the Cleveland Cavaliers? So, look, it's November 2nd. Nobody's going to jump off any bridges here. But they are 3-5. and They have lost four games by 17 or more points. They have lost four straight games to the Pacers, Knicks, Pelicans, and Nets. Not exactly a murderer's row there. Tristan Thompson is out three to four weeks with a calf strain, and Cleveland's current stretch of futility edges out a four-game losing streak that LeBron James endured in March of 2004. When he lost four games by a combined 61 points, he was a rookie that season. So, again, it's November. We've got a whole long road to go here in the NBA, but it's notable that Cleveland is, it's not LeBron. It's more that surrounding cast and some injuries and, but when is it get, When is it? It like in baseball, you never want to overreact to anything till Memorial Day. After that, you can kind of get a sense of where it's going. The NBA's line is Christmas. You never want to go too over the moon on something unless you know you start zero twelve and you got to fire a coach. That just kind of speaks for itself. But for a team like Cleveland that is stacked the way that they are, and I understand what Boston did in bringing in Kyrie Irving and the Wizards are competitive, and a lot of teams made a lot of moves. Most of them in the West. But if we get to Christmas and this is still happening, then we can officially put the red flag up, right? But for now, it still is pretty interesting. I mean, Cleveland should autopilot and go be 5-2 and two right now to start the season. It's not only that they're losing, they're losing big, and they're losing to bad teams. And on that note, we will take a break. A little more reaction, including from Jim Beheim and some players from our first look at the Orange last night, exhibition-style, We've got the Bills and the Jets on Thursday night football. And we've got Dino Babers, the head coach of the Orange, coming up. Thanks, Brent. Stay right there. You're on the block. Thank you. Bye-bye.